7 o'clock. Thanks for joining us. Good morning, Pyle. You had a great three-day weekend for those of you that got to enjoy President's Day off yesterday. Jim along with the Buckeye Boy from the Beaux-Arts Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios. The most trusted name in automobiles. In NASCAR got pushed to Monday with the Daytona 500. William Byron. Win and them all. Come on, Billy. Win them all. Is that who you picked? For the championship, yeah. Okay. Did any of us pick him yet for no. the 500? Nope. Okay. Our best finish was 11th. Oh. Our worst finish was not finishing at all. Who had the not finish at all? We'll let you take a random stab at the dark who did not finish. Me? You. Crap. <laughs> I didn't look at the totals. Yeah, I didn't look Brad at the totals. Brad Keselowski's still, still working uh, his way around. Oh, shh. That is of Tuesday morning. Son of a gun. And away we go. And we're off and running. All right. So a, um, a busy couple of days for us with high school basketball. State tournament starts for the uh, girls tonight, mm-hmm. the boys tomorrow night. And uh, we'll have coverage here on the team also over on the monkey as well. So uh, we'll dive into that coming up with uh, – Fruto Monument girls basketball coach Jeff Johnson. They received the 10 seed. They get a a, a tough opening game and a, a very tall and talented Denver East Angels basketball team that um, their coach was at Regis for, for decades, Carl Matei, who had a little falling out with the folks at, um, at Regis mm-hmm. where he won three state titles. He sent 44 players to play Division One basketball. The, uh, the article was, there was philosophical differences in the leadership of the program for Carl Matei. I'm guessing he didn't necessarily align with the Regis Jesuit-type lifestyle. Well, well, but he was there. At some point, For he 17 stopped. years. Yeah, it's a... And he won three state titles. At some point, somebody didn't like the way yeah. that he ran the shop. Mm-hmm. And so I'm gonna, he, got, he got hired at Denver East. I'm going to guess that either a new principal or a new athletic director came in sometime shortly before Coach Matei was shown the door. Uh, possibly so. I'm going to guess. But the principal of Regis Jesuit and him apparently did not see eye to eye on some things. So the principal at Denver East is like, hey, would you like to come here? Yeah. There they have Rudy Carey, tremendous boys basketball right. coach, winning his coach in state history on the boys' side. Mm-hmm. So Carl Matei goes there. Just don't make now, anybody cry. Yeah. Have here's, at it, coach. Here's the thing. I'm still in doing my work yesterday. They had to forfeit their first four games. I have not been able to figure out why they had to forfeit their first four games. Yeah, and they only dug, have six losses. I have, eight and losses. it was it was four of the eight yeah. were for forfeits. The first four games of the season, which I have been digging and digging, mm-hmm. and have not been able to glean an answer. You would think with the Google machine and all yeah. that, it'd be as simple as Denver East forfeits, Denver East girls basketball forfeits. Is it an eligibility thing? And- Apparently so. We'll see if Jeff Johnson knows. Yeah. But uh, they have Marini Hardy, who is six uh, four. It's pretty good. It'll be a really. It'll be a. Of course, Fruit has got plenty of talent with Liv Campbell, and 
and yeah. Adier. I mean, they've got they've got a really good basketball team, but it's going to be a challenge. It's not a it's not an easy opening draw for Fruita Monument, and uh, we'll have that game tonight. Our pregame will start at five thirty. I'll be out at Fruita. You'll be out at Palisade for mm-hmm. Palisade Northridge, which is coached by Dan Beck, former Grand Junction Tiger football player, pitcher, pitched at uh, Northern Colorado. Mm-hmm. So uh, Dan Beck will have his girls basketball team here coming up tonight so both games tip off at six by the way so we'll have our, our full court coverage tonight uh starting once again at 5 30 plus we'll have the delta girls hosting middle park and uh, that'll start at 5 45 tonight with mark Cantor and vaughn mitchell so that's over on the monkey by the way 97.1 in delta for that so then the boys get underway tomorrow night for tomorrow we keep they, they retain the number one yeah they get the number one seed they're the number one rpi team Wildcat boys undefeated. How do you not give them the overall number one seed? They, they fortunately, they Jasset did not find a way to. They were to trying take that, to, I'm take, to take that away from them. They were trying, and they have Highlands Ranch coming up tomorrow night. That'll be here on the team as well, along with the mm-hmm. Grand Junction Tiger Boys opening up the four A state tournament. So, uh, a lot to get to on the program this morning. There's no confirmation on the rumors that the Chassis seating committee was wearing Durango t-shirts on Saturday. No confirmation. No confirmation. Okay. And then Fruita ended up unbeat. They're like, crap, we got to put him number one. We have no choice. Yeah, there's no way around it. Like, it would be way too obvious if we do this now. So, uh, see if Michael Wells and the Fruita boys can keep the undefeated run going. They take on Highlands Ranch tomorrow night, six o'clock here on the team. So, um, so we got a lot of a lot of games coming up. Also tomorrow night, I mentioned Grand Junction boys. So Friday night was not the last game, last game nope. at the Tigers Gym. They uh, Grand Junction boys have Denver North tomorrow night. That's a seven o'clock game. So we'll have kind of sort of full court coverage a little mm-hmm. bit because little we'll bit. also bring you coverage of kind of a, a live listen in because it's not really it's not a look in it's a listen in. Yeah on the uh, the Delta boys at Pagosa Springs tomorrow night. Plus, we'll have updates. Central boys at Lewis Palmer. Palisade boys are at Vista Peak. We, we try to cover as much as we humanly can mm-hmm. with the resources we have. Uh, also, tomorrow night over on the Monkey, we'll have uh, the Harrison boys at Montrose. So we'll have that tomorrow night. And that tips off at uh, 6 o'clock, 5.45 pregame. You can go to our website and uh, get the schedule there probably later on this morning because when we were off yesterday... Nobody was here. Mm-hmm. That means lots of catch-up work, make-up work today uh, for a lot of us here at the radio station. All right, 707, Jim along with uh, the Buckeye boys. So uh, Gino Oriema becomes the uh, second winningest coach in college basketball history with the one over Creighton last night, the UConn women taking down Creighton. So uh, he becomes the second winningest coach moving ahead of some Mike Krzyzewski guy that I, I've coached at some that. little I've only small... seen it written college back in north carolina yeah. called duke bunch of nerds playing basketball nerds nerds all right so uh lots to get to on the program this morning also today begins franchise tag day for the nfl and also How begins are you celebrating franchise tag <laughs> and also begins a lot of the uh in, the discussions ramp up even more about players going to get traded Who's going to go where? Mm-hmm. There's already seen a couple pieces this morning. 
Steelers should trade for Russell Wilson. No. no Falcon, Falcons should trade for Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Uh, man, that uh, one's that was closer. That's probably more of a more of a hit than than yeah. the other. All right. So uh, 708. Get some thoughts today. Daytona 500 from yesterday. College basketball from last night. Uh, Houston. Uh, Iowa State played them. Played them tough. And Iowa State got. They dug themselves a deep hole early in that game. Mm-hmm. But uh, Houston goes on for the win last night. Cyclones are scrappy. They are. And. Uh, like they're not great, but they're scrappy. Kelvin Sampson saw that last night. Congratulations on uh, your, your Buckeyes coming yeah, up with a huge you. one over Purdue. Yeah. Over the weekend for your interim coach. Mahaffey stuffing Zach Eady back in his face. Did you watch any of the NBA All-Star Weekend? Not even at all. I watched maybe five minutes of the game. I, I saw think. maybe 25-second highlight of Sabrina Ionescu shooting. And that was mainly because... Which that was the coolest part of the weekend yeah. was her and Steph Curry. It floated the- across my Instagram, and that's about it. I watched, it was like, oh, I think I popped on like third quarter. And it was kind of like, why are we playing this game? Yeah. It looked like a bunch of guys playing playing at the rec center. Mm-hmm. Just, I mean, I mean, in terms of intensity, not not skill level. Right. But in ter- kind of like, I mean, nobody nobody's really defending. I'm still trying to find I, anybody who really wanted to be there. I, I just, I was watching him going, there's no intensity here. Nobody's guarding anybody. No. Guys are taking insanely long threes. Who? They wouldn't, they wouldn't play like this in, in, in a regular game. Right. I, Who took more of the weekend off? The players or the guys that were tasked with calling, you know, traveling? In the- a, there was a lot. Oh, man. Did they let them play? They let them play. In terms I, of just, I, I, I don't know if there was a single dribble. Like I caught a little bit of, you know, oh look at Luca and Nikola Jokic, look at this. I caught a little bit of that, but like, did they dribble at all this weekend? Not I don't really. Think they did. And then the period I watched was, Tim is classic, no defense. Yeah. And then there was it was like four, five, six mm-hmm. steps after he picked the ball up. Like they were going for a hike. I, I just, I get it because it's a promotional opportunity and cities want to host it and Indianapolis want to be the host of it. And I get that part of it. I don't get getting dialed into watching it though. And then you got saucy Adam Silver. It's like, hey, you scored the most points. Congratulations, I guess. <laughs> I guess. It's like, geez. Did see uh, Adam Silver mentioned that once they get CBA hammered out and some of those things, mm-hmm. look for the NBA to expand in the next probably three years. To the surprise of no one. Shaq was one of them uh, grilling him because Shaq wants to be one of the owners of those expansion teams, by the way. And uh, and he quickly kind of quieted the rumors of, of three teams. He goes, probably two. Probably expand to two teams. They feel like they've got enough talent now. They're getting enough international talent. Mm-hmm. There's enough, obviously, talent here in the States that two more teams, it's not going to dilute what they have right now in the NBA. Yeah, I probably not. You don't think? I hope Seattle gets one again. I hope they get the return of the Supersonics. That'd be cool. The rumors are Vegas and Seattle. Yeah. 
then somebody in the West is going to be pushed into the Eastern Conference yeah. to make it and even. Who's, and who's that going to be? I don't know. Minnesota? Maybe. That would make the most sense. They're the one closest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd probably, that'd probably make the most sense right now. Probably Minnesota, Oklahoma City, or New Orleans. Probably my oh, guess. Oh, yeah. If I'm the East, I'm like, hey, go Timberwolves, please. Give us. Yeah. Give us the Timberwolves. <laughs> we don't. Hey, Pelicans are in there. Not the, not the Timberwolves are Timberwolves are pretty good right yeah, now. Yeah, that's what I mean. They're yeah. number one team in the West. Yeah. Like, hey, give yeah. us give us the Timberwolves. But maybe they don't. Maybe they Thunder, don't want. Maybe Pelican. they don't want the Timberwolves because yeah, they they don't want it to be get more challenging, mm-hmm. more difficult. Then the question is, do they go NFL route and go four four team divisions in each conference? That'd be kind of cool if they did. I think they should. All right, seven thirteen. We got uh, Fruit of Monument Girls coach Jeff Johnson coming up in just a moment. It is time for... What's happening? And it's brought to you by ComWest. They're your technology service partner. One call, one team, one goal, helping your business grow. As your technology partner, ComWest maximizes your investment and ensure your office technology is working efficiently, giving you peace of mind so you can focus on growing your business. And they can help you with a variety of things. PC and service support, business phone systems, surveillance network support, cybersecurity, and backup and disaster recovery. At ComWest, they're not looking for work. They're looking for a partnership. Call them today at ComWest, 970-242-8142, or go to their website, comwestcorp.com. All right, start things out with yesterday because of the heavy rain in Florida on Sunday. Daytona 500 gets pushed to Monday, and William Byron wins his first-ever Daytona 500 after winning just the last four laps and winning under caution. He was able to edge out teammate Alex Bowman to take the checkered flag. The, uh, today is the first day in the NFL of uh, franchise tags being applied. There are rumors that the Broncos might apply the franchise tag on center Lloyd Cushenberry III. Joe Parker is no longer Colorado State's athletic director in a mutual agreement with CSU President Amy Parsons. Parker will move into the into an advisory role. The, exec, the executive director of the Green and Gold Guard, John Weber, will be the interim athletic director. The Green and Gold Guard is the Rams' name, image, and likeness collective, and Weber has resigned from that post to take over as the interim AD. Denver Post reports there's no timetable on Parker's replacement. Parker came to four columns from Texas Tech in 2015. Last night in college basketball, Gino Oriema, uh, congratulations to him. He moves into second place all-time past Mike Krzyzewski for the most the second most wins in men's and women's basketball history as the Yukon Huskies beat Creighton last night. Stanford's Tara Vandeveer remains the winningest coach in either men's or women's college basketball. District 51 Phoenix girls wrestling team had their best finish ever. Last weekend state wrestling tournament in Denver. The Phoenix took second, finished just six and a half points behind Pomona for the title. 170-pound Claris McCoy took second for the Phoenix for the boys. Palisade 120-pound Caden Mulford was second in the 4A tournament with Fordham Lomitz 120-pound Gage Chelowitzki and 285-pound Tatum Williams each taking third in the 5A tournament. The high school Basketball postseason begins tonight with the start of the girls' state tournament in 6A. Southwestern League champion Frutamon will host Denver East at 6 o'clock with 5A Western Slope League champion Palisade hosting Northridge at 6. Catch both those games of full court coverage on the Team Sports Network. The Central girls open up the 5A tournament at Green Mountain and the Montrose girls host Pueblo County at 6. The 4A Western Slope League champion Delta girls host Middle Park at 6 o'clock. You can hear that game at 97.1 The Monkey in Delta. 
The boys' day basketball tournaments begin tomorrow night. The South Western League champion Fruto Monument boys are in the top spot in the 6A tournament as they put their undefeated record on the line when they host Highlands Ranch tomorrow. Coverage starts at 5.30 tomorrow night for that. In the 5A tournament, the Grand Junction boys host Denver North at 7 o'clock. The team will also have coverage of that game along with live updates of the Delta boys at Pagosa Springs in the 4A tournament. Palisade opens up the postseason at Vista Peak at 6 o'clock tomorrow night with the Central boys at Lewis Palmer at 7. The Montrose boys host Harrison and the Monkey will have that game starting at 545 heard in Montrose at 93.5 FM. And both Colorado Mesa basketball teams swept the weekend. Colorado Mesa men's and women's teams sweeping Metro State on Saturday. The women outmuscled uh, the Roadrunners for a 53-45 to win behind Olivia Reed's game by 21 points. The men handled the Roadrunners 92-81 to behind 20-plus point performances from Christopher Speller and Trevor Baskin after the men's game. Coach Mike DeGeorge talked about their style of play and how they need to improve as they head toward the RMAC tournament and the postseason. We are the top, one of the top assist teams in the country, and we're so committed to moving the ball, we're going to have some turnovers. But it's these unforced turnovers are driving me crazy, and we just got to be able to eliminate those. And if we make free throws like that, you know, we're going to be really hard to beat. Both Maverick basketball teams on the road Friday, New Mexico Island. Saturday at CSU Pueblo have both the games each day, Friday and Saturday. Right here on the team CMU Sports Network, presented by Ken Richard State Farm. And that's what's happening. Brought to you by ComWest, your technology service partner. Go to their website, comwestcorp.com, to get more information. All right, time to talk Fruit of Monument Girls basketball with Coach Jeff Johnson. Get in the huddle with Fruit of Monument Girls basketball coach Jeff Johnson on the team. And Jeff Johnson is brought to you by the Rick Nelson Agency, American Family Insurance. For a free comparison, call this team of licensed professionals at 970 970- Two four one zero zero seven eight. Jeff Johnson joins us. Good morning, Jeff. Appreciate the time this morning. Good morning. So it's game day today. You get uh, Denver East tonight. We'll talk more about Denver East in just a moment. But you get the the ten seed in the in the six A girls state basketball tournament. Give me your thoughts about uh, uh, where you're you ended up getting seeded to, to start out the postseason. Uh, you know, you always want to be in that top eight, so you get two uh, chance to hold uh, two rounds, but. Uh, See, then we got last year. I think we were 13 last year. Uh, so we're moving the right direction when you're kind of looking at all the schools in 6A. Well, certainly you head into the 6A postseason with a lot of momentum. You, you go 7-1 uh, in the Southwestern League. You finish 19-3 and after that one against Durango on Saturday where uh, Adier had 12 points, Liv Campbell had 11 points in the uh, 46-35 victory. So... Like I mentioned, just uh, you're in a good position as you head into the postseason, coming off a league title, and uh, now put together like about a four-game winning streak for your basketball team. Yeah, I mean, uh, when we got that one loss down at Montrose, people were like, "Well, at least you got the loss out of the way now. You don't have to roll off 15 wins in a row." Uh, and so, uh, it, it's uh, we've done a pretty good job of getting long win winning streaks uh so hopefully we can continue that in the playoffs here because uh, it's winner go home now kind of thing so well you get a denver east team that's 15 and 8 they won the denver prep league at 6 and 0 oh, and uh carl matey who's uh has a very impressive resume he's won three state titles when he was at regis uh in the 17 years he sent 44 players to play division one there was apparently a little falling out with the, the leadership at regis jesuit and so that's how he ended up at denver east but it's a, it's a team that, that forfeited their first four games of the season. I've been looking around. 
Do you know why they had to forfeit those first four games? Because I've not been able to find anything about that. Do you have some some insight on that, Jeff? Uh, maybe a little bit. It, it, kind of like you, I couldn't find too much um, information on it. Um, but I, I'm going to be leaning to an ineligible player that they played. Um, and I've been told there is some kind of consequence for them in the playoffs as well. What does that represent? I don't know. Because <laughs> uh, like you said, I mean, yeah, they had forfeit their first four games, but uh, they also won those first four games. Um, so uh, it, it's a tough draw, but uh, to be the best, you got to beat the best. And so uh, they got the size. Um, and so if we could take care of business at home, we'll be ready for the next round. Uh, farther we go into the playoffs, uh, more teams are going to have this size component, um, especially out there in the front range. Yeah, they're, they're on a 10-game winning streak right now, and Maraid Hardy has been outstanding for them. She led the Denver Prep League in, in block shots this season. She's got 47 blocks coming in. Uh, she averages over 11 points per game, almost 11 rebounds per contest. At 6-4, she's a very imposing figure in the middle of their zone defense and just uh, an outstanding rim protector as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, you can't coach 6-4. Um, and I'm, I'm kind of scared, but I see what her wingspan is on top of that. Uh, looking at film, it, it just looks like she's even longer than she is taller. Uh, so she could take up a lot of space. Um, but uh, if we do a good job of sharing the ball, making those extra passes and making her kind of run around, uh, I think we could have success inside out. Janessi Bird for them has been probably their best perimeter player, their point guard. Uh, she's really good on the defensive end, 68 steals. Your team is really good in that category as well. Two teams that uh, are very opportunistic defensively and uh, each have over over 300 steals this season. So defense will be a big part of tonight's matchup with you and the Angels. Yeah, I mean, it, it's going to come down to who gets the most uh, stops consistently, uh, and we are we're we're preaching all the time. Hey, we got to get three stops in a row as many times as possible throughout a game. Uh, our goal is almost nine, at least try and get that nine times in a game. Uh, and it's stop behind is to stop their runs because uh, if you're getting those many stops in a row, you get a chance to make your little run. Um, and, and we all know basketball; it's a game of runs. Uh, and hopefully we have a few longer runs than they do tonight um, and uh, protect our home court. With Hardy, they have three other players that are over 6'2". I mean, that this was going to be one of the biggest basketball teams you probably faced, Jeff, uh, the entire season. Yeah, uh, definitely going to be the tallest team. Um, when we were in Utah, they had a couple girls that were 6'2", 6'3", um, but they didn't have three or four of them, so <laughs> it's... <laughs> I just need one. Just give me one big six, one. Six, Please, two, just send girl. one to Fruit of Monument, right? Just one. Yeah. Just one. <laughs> <laughs> We're not greedy over here. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jeff, I appreciate the time. Of course, we'll have the game tonight, uh, pregame at 530. Uh, Fruit of Monument, Southwest League champions take on Denver East uh, to open up the 6A tournament right here on the Team Sports Network. I, I appreciate the time. Jeff, I'll, I'll see you later this evening. All right. Thanks for your time. All right, see you later. All right. Jeff Johnson, coach of the Fruit of Monument girls basketball team. Joining us the program, we'll take a break. We'll come back. Don Baver, Palisade girls basketball coach, joins us next on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. 
Who do I listen to? The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader. Whoever suggested that has got to be smoking crack and plenty of it. Oh. The team. Talking Palisade Girls basketball with Coach Don Baver on the team. And Don Baver brought to you by the Rick Nelson Agency and American Family Insurance for a free comparison. Call this team of licensed professionals at 970-241-0078. Don Baver joins us this morning. Good morning, Don. Appreciate the time as always. Good morning, Jim. How are you today? I'm doing well. Game day today. Always an exciting time when it's game day, especially when it's a state basketball tournament. And we'll, we'll dive into Northridge, your opponent, uh, to open up the, the 5A tournament in just a moment. But uh, let's go back to the other night when I was out there, Eagle Valley. You were able to, to cut down the, the net to celebrate a Western Slope Lake championship, and then you finished it up on senior night with the win against Battle Mountain. Your team uh, heads into the postseason, Don, in a really good place right now. Yeah, I like where we're at right now. So it was an exciting time last week out there with uh, cutting down the net when you were there, and also that senior night was exciting for the girls to – you know, I think we're like on a six or seven game win streak right now. So it's exciting times for not just our program, but also the boys program to uh, take it on the road for Vista Peak tomorrow night. So you get the 15th seed, Northridge is the 18th seed. Give us your thoughts. Was that kind of where you thought you would fall in, in as far as the, the seeding goes for the 5A tournament? Yeah, I think it's a fairly uh, good draw for us. I mean, that Northridge team, they got some length on them. They got some speed, but um being able to host the playoff game in year two under the program is pretty exciting for us. So you take on Northridge, and a familiar name, if you follow uh, high school sports in the Valley way back, uh, Dan Beck, who played uh, quarterback and also was a pitcher at uh, Grand Junction High School back in the 90s, was also a really good basketball player for them as well as their head coach. And so uh, Dan has uh, his team coming to town, and uh, he's certainly got some some very talented players, and among that group is Sophia Carbajal, who leads away almost 17 points per game, 11 rebounds per contest. Uh, Don, she's going to be, a, and she's only a freshman. That's a, a heck of a player that, that Dan Beck has and in, in, in Sophie Carbajal. Yeah, she's a load down low. So they do a lot of stuff where they just come down the court and kind of pitch it up to her and uh, have her go get it. And once she gets that on the block, she's a bucket. She turns around and scores it. Most of the time, she's pretty good from the free throw line. So she's definitely going to be a handful for us. And she also likes to rim run as well. So we're going to have to make sure we get back on defense. Coach Don Baver joining us to the Palisade Bulldogs girls basketball team with Carbajal. She's just a freshman. There's a whole lot of youth there. No, she's probably got a lot of club basketball under her belt. But is there a way you can use maybe your experience in the paint to kind of do throw some things at her that maybe kind of get her off balance and put up some wild shots at times? Yeah, I've watched quite a bit of film over the weekend, and uh, some teams do some different stuff. They kind of front her some. They double down on her. So uh, we've got a game plan that if the girls follow a game plan, that uh, hopefully will be successful tonight. Don Baver, coach of the Palisade girls basketball team with us. And just looking at some of the other uh, players as well to kind of keep an eye on Savannah. Uh, Amick has been their, their second-inning score, 10 points per game, uh, about uh, two steals per contest as well. What have you seen on film? in regard to what she provides is maybe a compliment to Carbajal. Yeah, she's a senior, good senior leadership out there. She likes the three ball. So they've got like five girls that average around 30% from the three. So there's some inside-out action that they're going to have. So we're going to have to make sure that not only we uh, protect the rim down low with uh, Carbajal, but also fly out on their shooters and get a hand in their face. So, you know, so, uh, Amok's going to be a good one. Beck's a good one. So they got more than one girl that can shoot that three ball, and that can be the difference in the game sometimes. 
Don Baver, coach Palisade girls basketball team with us. Don, when you watch film defensively, a lot of zone, a lot of man, do they, they trap a lot? What's the kind of the sense of what they try to do defensively and what you expect to see tonight? Yeah, they run a lot of man. They uh, do like a one-one-three, kind of like an amoeba defense. It's just kind of like hectic, and they get after it. So they got a quick, aggressive team. So we just got to be ready for everything. I haven't seen a lot of zone out of them within the league that they play in. And also, that's a, a tribute to them and how tough it's going to be tonight. Is they just play in a really tough league? You know, they got Roosevelt, they got Riverdale Rich in there. So they are definitely battle tested as we come down the stretch here. Coach Don Baver with us on the Jim Davis Show. You talk about Chloe Simon, she's got over 16 points per game. Then the next three scores are at about six, six, and five. Shows that while Chloe gets a lot of points, you also do have a lot of ball movement. How crucial is that with how aggressive Northridge can be defensively to get the ball to an open shooter with a good shot as opposed to, you know, just kind of taking the first shot you get? Right. We've been preaching at practice to pass up a good shot for a great shot, swing the ball, swing the ball get that defense to move, get some open looks. And, yeah, Chloe's having a great year for us at around 16 points a game. But like you said, we got some secondary scoring as well. So we need to make sure that we just have an, need to have an overall team game on both ends of the court tonight. All right, so we'll have coverage tonight. It's full-court coverage with the uh, Fruto Monument girls in action against uh, Denver East. Palisade has Northridge. Our coverage starts at 530 tonight for full-court coverage. Brought to you by Ken Richards State Farm. Don, I appreciate the time and uh, – Good, good luck tonight when you take on Northridge. Once again, congratulations on a league title, but I know that's now in the rearview mirror. Now the focus is on the 5A state tournament. I appreciate the time as always. Thanks so much. Go dogs, and let's have a great playoff week for all these uh, local teams around here. Thanks, guys. Sounds good. All right, Don Baver, coach of the Palisade girls basketball team, with us on the program this morning. All right, 732, and uh, once again, we'll also have a Delta Middle Park tonight as far as our girls' coverage over on the Monkey with uh, Mark Cantor and Vaughn Mitchell, that'll start at 545 tonight. So uh, we, we dive right into it. Yeah. Busy Tuesday, busy Wednesday of high school basketball. And, of course, we'll have Maverick basketball this weekend, Friday and Saturday at Highlands and also CSU Pueblo. All right, 733, we'll talk college basketball with our uh, insider, voice of the Kansas State Wildcats. They were... Wildcats were in action last mm-hmm. night. Uh, we'll talk with Wyatt Thompson. I like the first time in a long time. It wasn't just a crazy weekend. Like top four team. I know Purdue lost, so number two team loses again. But it didn't feel like oh, crazy. Man, the top four went down again. All of them at the same time. Yeah, it felt. Yeah, it felt like a fairly normal weekend. Yeah, first time since November, you know, maybe. You know, I'll say this as much as it pains me to say it. Watch Nebraska play. Mm-hmm. Got a good little basketball team there. They're not bad. Yeah, they're, they're scrappy. Gonna a, they're going to be a tournament team. Yeah, they're going to be a problem in the Big Ten tournament. Too. Yeah, That's, no doubt about it. I've been kind of po- getting a little bit more of the, oh, let's see who else in this conference is any good because my team's garbage. And then you watch Nebraska and you're like, uh, okay, so you got Purdue, you got Illinois and Wisconsin and Michigan State's been playing pretty Michigan well. Michigan State's better. Nebraska, like you look at their conference record and it's eight and seven, but you also look at who else is in the conference. And you're like, oh, okay. Then you watch them, and you're like, yeah, they're going to cause problems for yeah, people. They're, they're a pretty good basketball team. Saw a little bit of the, their game over the weekend. Mm-hmm. The right, only seven. thing that makes this season not a complete disaster for my team is we're next, next to last in the Big Ten. The only team that's worse. Suck on that, Juwan Howard. <laughs> Your Michigan Wolverines. Not, not a good not a good year for Michigan basketball. Better 
Better soak up that national championship yeah. in football. Three and twelve Ooh. in the conference. It's gonna, don't care if you're a Michigan legend or not. You're going to get fired for that. Yeah, that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. The way that's trending. All right, seven thirty-four. Wyatt Thompson coming up, and it's time right now for sound check. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story, and I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. You know who else is not great this year? St. John's. They have a yeah, brand. Just, just ask Rick Pitino yeah, how bad they are. Exactly. They have a brand new head coach and one Rick Pitino. I don't think they move well laterally. I don't think they're going to pick it up in next week. Um, I think they're slow laterally. I mean, Sean Conway gives you everything he can. He's slow laterally. About five guys are slow laterally. Even, even the Celtics when we lost, I've enjoyed every minute being a Boston Celtic coach. Didn't like the fact that we lost in that following year, but this has been the most unenjoyable experience I've had since I've been coaching. Do you have any second thoughts of taking this job? No, not at all. It's not St. John's, it's my team. I think they're very respectful. They hear, but they don't listen. It's taken me a month to get them to throw bounce passes. Actually, two months to throw bounce passes. Just thinking of getting ready for Georgetown because Georgetown could definitely beat us. Georgetown's not very good. <laughs> Georgetown's not great. But St. John's is not very good either. They worked, They got off to an all right start, but they are 14 and 12 overall. And yeah, if you didn't pick it up by the end of that, uh, Sean Conway's on his team. <laughs> yeah, he plays so, for him. So yeah. are all those other guys that are slow laterally. Oh, and that was ouch. that was just a taste. Yeah, I read that. I read that over the weekend. I'm like, wow, oh. things are not going well. And. Find if Rick Pitino wasn't nearby. such a turd, yeah, I would enjoy it even. Why? Well, I, I would enjoy his you responses enjoy it more, more because I would like him. Yeah, but I don't like him. But I still find the responses funny. Right, and there's some guy that's like, "Wow, what a classless thing by Rick Pitino," and I'm like, "Not really." I mean, it is a little, but it's not the worst thing ever a coach no. is gonna do. Not. Bill Callahan were the dumbest team in America. Yeah, we're the dumbest team in America <laughs> playing the game. It's pretty hard. Like, these guys are slow. That's It's okay to say they're slow. They're not. It's not that saying this is going to make them faster. It may make it's them a better. It's factual thing. Smarter basketball players. But if somebody is slower than somebody else is not as right. athletic as somebody else, that's a fact. That's, that's not. That's a fact. It's a wildly extreme example, but. Nikola Jokic is the smartest basketball player on the court at any given time. He is probably the ninth fastest out of 10 players on the court at any given time. But so, he, his court vision, the other things he does. Knowledge of the game. Supersede that. They, mm-hmm. they, they mask that lack of, yeah. of speed that he, that he doesn't sometimes have. Sometimes a coach needs to say, these guys are slow. <laughs> like, what do you want me to do here? Can't get him to throw a bounce pass. Yeah. I haven't been able to. Finally got him to do it two months into the season. Now, they have 10 new players since Patino got the job last spring. So all these guys are Patino guys. So it's partially his fault. Yeah, Rick, this is kind of on you. Yeah. Because you're the one who brought these guys in. It's more like, and I do kind of give him the benefit when he's like, do you regret this? No, it's not the school. This is my team. Yes. It's the it's the moron that yeah. got these guys to come here. Wait a minute, these two in. I'm that guy. It's Wait guy, a minute, it's got my mirror every morning. I'm the problem here yeah. more than I'm probably letting on. I just love a good coach rant. <laughs> All right, seven thirty eight.
We will take a break. We'll come back. Our college basketball insider, voice can State Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson, joins us next. I'm a big sports addict. I like sports. 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 This is the Jim Davis Show on the team. 101 FM, 1340 AM, Grand Junction. 102.1 FM, Delta Montrose. Talking college basketball with the team's insider, Wyatt Thompson. On the Jim Davis Show. And with us right now, voice the Kansas State Wildcats. Had the call last night of the Wildcats taking on Texas. Wyatt Thompson joins us. Good morning, Wyatt. How are you, my friend? Well, a little sleep deprived, but not terrible. How about you? Uh, I'm I'm doing well. Uh, it seems like we, <laughs> we we've been catching you that state the last couple of uh, Tuesdays. We've talked with uh, with games on Monday night and uh, look for your your Wildcats went to Texas. Unfortunately, took the loss last night, a close one to the Longhorns. But uh, you know, just since I watched a little bit of the game and. And uh, the comments of Jerome Tang, the Wildcats coach, after the game that uh, even though it was a it was a sixty two fifty six loss, played Texas tough on, on their floor, and and Coach Tang nothing but uh, you know praising his team's resilience in that in that loss last night. Yeah, it was pretty K State typical of late here. They I'll remind everybody listening that uh, there was a time when K State was fourteen and four and started Big 12 play 4-1, and one, and that seems like light years ago because now they're 15-11 and 11 and 5-8, and eight and, has lost, and they've lost seven of their last eight, and the lone win in that stretch, believe it or not, uh, at home against Kansas. So it, it's been a struggle. And last night was kind of what it's been like, where they would play very good defense, um, have some guys play a pretty darn good basketball game, but at the end of the day, probably too many turnovers, uh, probably too many second-chance points, and every bit is important, I think. They've gone through some stretches where, you know, they'll go four minutes, five minutes, six minutes, and just really struggle offensively and with live ball turnovers and things like that, and that leads to the inconsistency, and that leads to uh, losing games. They were up on uh, TCU here Saturday in Manhattan as an example. Uh, I think they were up eight or nine and a 20 to two run later. That's hard to have a 20 to two run by your opponent at home, but it happened. So there, there've been ups and downs for sure, but Hey, that's the big 12, right? It's just what it is. Absolutely. And so probably the the marquee matchup last night was number two, Houston against uh, number six, Iowa state uh, in, in big 12 play. And for Houston last night, uh, they get the victory and it was, physical game but uh, houston prevails on their home floor 73 65 last night where uh jamal shed 26 points 20 in the second half and they grabbed the lead in the big 12 uh, the cougars do with that victory over iowa state last night well how about this one okay 26 points four rebounds six assists three steals only two turnovers and played almost 38 minutes uh, I'll be honest with you at this particular point and i know we've got you know two and a half weeks to go here but I think he is the Big 12 Player of the Year, at least at this point. He is definitely the best defender in this league, in my personal opinion. He has willed his team to victory a couple of different times this year. Um, I, I just think when you hear Kelvin Sampson talk about him being like a coach on the floor and everything he brings to the table, he's just a super talent. And they play so, so hard. Emmanuel Sharp, too, doesn't get the same headlines as Shed, but... He had 20 last night, man, and um, they just they just continue to grind and, and beat people. They weren't as dominant last night uh, as they have been at home against everybody else. But tip your cap to Iowa State on that. They're 20 and six. They they were, 
you know, they were right there, just not quite good enough to, to win on the road at Houston, but that's hard to do. And they got in a big hole early in that game and yeah. they were able to dig themselves out of it, put together a nice run uh, to, to make it close in the first half and then ultimately lose to, to Houston last night. UConn, defending champs, they're, they're number one. They're the first unanimous number one in the AP poll this season. Uh, coming off the win against Marquette, who we always like to gush about on this program. We like Marquette, and they went and that woodshed them, 81-53. Uh, so UConn's now 24-2. and Houston's 22-3. and Who do you like more right now, UConn <laughs> or Houston? Because I... I think just the Big 12 so tough and, and not to knock the Big East, which is not, it's not Cupcakeville, but I just think the right. Big 12 so tough. I really, I, I think it's, you're not going to be wrong either way, but I kind of like Houston right. a little bit more than UConn right now. Well, you know what? I think you would be the exception to the rule. And I'm just being honest about that sure. with a lot of the people that follow this on a daily basis. I'm not saying I agree with you or disagree with you, and here's why. I, I think you can make an argument for both, and I think it kind of somewhat depends a little bit on just your flavor of basketball. Um, I think the majority would take UConn in terms of just the way they play. Right. And what I mean by that is is that <laughs> um, – they have no selfishness at all. It's all about winning. Nobody cares who gets the credit. And you know who just said all of that here a few days ago? Shaka Smart, who got blistered there with a really good Marquette team. When you look at the, the UConn team, uh, I'm sitting here looking at their schedule. Their losses have been at Kansas and at Seton Hall. That's it. That's literally it. Yeah. Now, again... Houston is one, as we've talked about, they are suffocating defensively. Yeah. I'm going to say, to answer your question, it's, it's a long answer, I get it, but I, I, would, I would narrowly say UConn, but only because I think most nights, let me say that again, most nights they'll probably be a little bit more consistent on the offensive end, even if they're not quite as good on the defensive side. And they're good enough defensively, not Houston, but offensively, they're, they've got a lot of skill and they're really deep. They're, they may be the deepest team in college basketball. Yeah, and, 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 I, don't, and I don't really, I don't have a huge, any huge problem with UConn being the number one team. I just yeah. like Houston's defense, and I yeah. like, and yeah, the offensive inconsistency. I think that, that's a legitimate concern about Kelvin Sampson's team. But how good the Big 12 is, how tough the Big yeah. 12 is, to me, says volumes, and it's not meant to disparage the Big East. I don't, like I said, I don't think it's a, a cupcake, you know, conference or anything like that. I just, when I watch Houston play, those are the things that that really uh, I'm impressed with about about the Houston Cougar basketball team that Kelvin Sampson has. And Buckeye boy, he's quite happy this past weekend. Yeah. His Ohio State Buckeyes <laughs> pull off the big upset of the weekend, taking down yeah. Purdue over the weekend. And that's my question is. I, is Purdue one of the more overhyped with the least amount of skins on the wall team over the course of the last three years? They've been number one each of the last three years. Didn't yep. get out of the Sweet 16 la two years ago. Lost to Fairleigh Dickinson last year. Like a nothing burger Ohio State team beat them over the weekend. Like at what point does Matt Painter's seat get a little warm there with the fact that they've done nothing with Zach Eady over the last three years? That's a really good question. Um, 
I don't know that I would say, though, under any circumstances that that maybe it's a little bit hot under Matt Painter's collar or whatever. I, I think the guy's too good. Um, I, I just believe that. I, I don't see him being in any trouble in any way. However, uh, it is an interesting subject for me because, and, and I don't think this is you know anything new in terms of an evaluation of Purdue. Edie is one of the most unique talents in the game. He's easily a first-team All-American, can change a game. But what makes them great is when those guards shoot it. What makes them vulnerable is when they don't. And I don't think it's any more complicated than that. Do you guys? I, I really, truly don't. And, and Saturday, um, they just being blunt here, they didn't play great, and, I, and Ohio State outplayed them. They just outplayed them. I thought I thought Ohio State played with passion that I hadn't seen in them in a while, and I'm not knocking um, Coach Holtman at all. At all, he—I mean, he's—he's he's a pretty darn good coach, and, and I was surprised they blew him out, you know, in season. But hey, they did what they did. When it when it comes to a number one seed down the road, you got three three blue bloods here: Duke eighth right now, Kansas ninth, North Carolina tenth. Which one of those three ends up with a number one seed, or do any of them end up with a number one seed? Oh, boy. That's a really good question because I think UConn and Houston are the easy ones and, and maybe even Purdue. Then what? It, it gets pretty dicey after that, don't you think? Yeah. Um, I think most people would answer that by saying Duke or Kansas or even maybe Carolina just because of they're Duke, Kansas, and Carolina. But I don't know that you can discount. And again, I'd probably have to study a little bit more um, just to just to compare sure. those other clubs, right? Meaning, what does it look like with Arizona's resume and Tennessee and Iowa State and Marquette? Those are the ones you'd probably want to study the most. And when you look at, you know, I always, I always reference um, you know the the net, but let's let's try Ken Palm for just a moment here, okay? In that, they've got Arizona four, Tennessee five, Auburn six. How about that? Um, and and then Illinois nine. Does that surprise you a little bit? Now no, again, no. I I think what you have to look at is all of the metrics and not just, you know, the rankings or, or one, you know, ratings with, with Ken Palm or whatever it might be. But it's a tough call to answer your question. It's hard to answer it because I think it's going to look different now, you know, two and a half, three weeks from now, and that's kind of how it works. It won't all be answered, and that's why there will be some controversy <laughs> and some complaining when you get to into that where this team's a one and this team's a two and then this team's a three and should have been a two and that kind of thing. How impressed are you with Arizona? They just gave Tommy Lloyd the extension. Uh, they're, they're 20 and five. They absolutely crushed Arizona State 105 to yeah. 60. I know. I mean, this is an Arizona State. I think the, the Pac 12 is pretty good this year, but man, they've been really, really good. Yeah. And Arizona is one that I would, like I said before, I would probably look at, you know, kind of what they have done overall without looking uh at, at the top of my head uh, i i don't know let's look at let's just look at their schedule here for a second okay 
I'm going to pull it up here. And they've played Duke and, and won early, way early, back in, in November. That's, that's a pretty good win. Uh, Wisconsin, Michigan State, lost to Purdue, lost to FAU. Those are not crimes. Uh, maybe a crime losing to Stanford, but maybe not. So they, they've been really good. Uh, and, and I think Tommy's one of the best coaches. And it's amazing to me that it took so long for him to become a head coach. Yeah. Don't you think? I mean, he just is a natural at it. Uh, um, and yeah, they have talent they, 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 off the charts town, but our guy here, you know, we had two fringe NBA guys last year. And you saw what happened. We don't have two fringe NBA guys now. And you're seeing what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Coaching is awesome. There's no doubt. But it's still a game about how many dudes do you have. And Arizona's got dudes. You can be the best chef in the world, but if the ingredients aren't uh, top notch, then, you know, then no doubt. The, the yeah. recipe's going to turn out a certain way. Hey, Wyatt, get, get some sleep, my friend. And take a nap later on today. But I, I always appreciate the, <laughs> appreciate the time. And uh, thanks for joining us this morning after a, a very long evening uh, calling uh, Kansas State and Texas last night. Hey, I wasn't digging ditches, man. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, well, I appreciate it, my friend. <laughs> yes, sir, brother. See you, man. All right, take care. And not digging ditches. We're just calling games on the radio. But, man, is Purdue soft. <laughs> yeah, it, it, they are. I think Zach, Zach Eady's a great talent, but there's yeah. there's if he there's nothing around him. Ohio State's beat a ranked Purdue, ty- Purdue team six out of the last seven chances over ten years. That's crazy. All right, 755, hour two coming up next on the team.